Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast. Bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast on this episode. The Utes down the Arizona Wildcats, and they look ahead to the Stanford Cardinal. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan. Hey, Ute Nation. And Scott. Hey, hey, hey. Everybody dried out from Saturday night? Oh, <laughs> that. I was quite moist. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. I dressed Appropriately, appropriately. No, it it so. wasn't so bad from mid second quarter to mid fourth quarter. Other than that, it was dandy. <laughs> it was just like a little mist. No, it wasn't too bad. But it was just annoying. I went through two pairs of gloves, and then by the end, my hands were still freezing. Oh my God. Says the guy who had heated socks. Yeah, on. <laughs> don't be jealous. Heated socks. I come prepared. I'm, I'm an gonna, eagle scout. Gonna age myself here, but for all you Mash fans out here, he's the Frank Burns of the podcast. <laughs> Hey, Frank! I actually like that. I like that. I, I I'm not I'm not Who's shy about that. Hulahan? You. <laughs> I'm just surprised that Cam knows anything about Mash. <laughs> At least I'm not Radar. You can be what? Radar, Ryan. I'm Klinger. <laughs> I knew there was a woman's dress underneath that coat of yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, that took a quick left turn. So, uh, yeah. and we're back. Utah gets the win, forty-five to twenty. Uh, yes, the weather was not great, but but I, the football was. Football was okay. I I can't get over this. Zamaya Vaughn, his play, probably I think his best game as a Ute. Played awesome, absolutely. And, the secondary as a whole is just coming together. We we know what we've got with Clark Phillips. JT Broughton, Jake, JT Vomit Broughton <laughs> has been a bit of a disappointment so far. At least, you know, I would say most of the season. But these last two games, I think he's actually played pretty well. He has played pretty well. He had a great hit on a short route or late in that game. That in that corner blitz that uh, that he had the first mm-hmm. sack of the game against uh, um um Delora. And then yeah, I mean, Vaughn Vaughn has just turned into an absolute beast from basically a walk-on um uh, preferred walk-on, played quarterback in high school and all of a sudden he's kind of turned into a shutdown corner. Well, and he remember he got thrown in last year because of injuries. Um, and there's a lot of question marks in there, and he's he's come such a long ways. I think we win the Rose Bowl if he's healthy. Very likely, I, I can see that. I mean, he he got hurt late in that Pac-12 championship game. Yep, uh, against Oregon. But and 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 down the stretch, he was pretty good as no, a, he, as a true as a well, I guess he wasn't a true freshman, but he was a freshman last year with COVID. Um. And really, his first year playing the position, and he only got playing time because we got absolutely decimated with injuries. But he stepped up, and I don't know why. Why did he not start the year this year? Yeah, because because he really hasn't gotten full playing time I until he was still about a month into not the season, fully healthy. Because Mata La started really playing in the slot, and then. When Vaughn started playing well, they moved they moved Phillips to the to the slot for not every not every snap, but, but a lot he of did the play it against Arizona. Yeah. But yeah, I think in Mateelli is only getting scrub minutes now. Well, and 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 that was against the second um, most proficient passing team in the conference. Those guys throw the ball yeah. and they do it well. They have a lot of big plays, and that secondary. Showed a lot. 
especially where early on in the season, they were a bit of a weakness. To kind of echo your point, Scott, with, with limiting Delara and Arizona's passing attack, you know, Delara finishes 10 of 20, 159 yards, and no TDs for him. And that's the first game this season that he has not thrown a touchdown. And, and 159 yards. And realistically, yes, they ended up with 231, but that's because we... He sat out the last quarter. Well, and because we basically closed our eyes the last like five minutes of our of that game, and yeah, those final Fafita ten comes minutes. in and throws that fifty one yard uh, near touchdown. But Kyle, I loved how Kyle Whittingham <laughs> he said, "Man, defense played extremely well, uh, you know, in in the game. Well, except for those th- last three minutes, were nothing short of a disaster." <laughs> That was a disaster, running backwards. Fumbling into the end zone, (laughs) falling in the end zone with possession, safety, and then giving up a big play. I mean, they doubled their score in the amount of two minutes. Gilmore will never see the field again. Gilmore. That's rough. Gilmore's done. That is rough because he had the issue prior uh, fielding a punt, and he finally gets another chance. And nobody was around well. him. It wasn't like... And know. it wasn't raining at that point. No. Yeah, that was bad. But but going back to what we are talking about, obviously the defense, they're just coming together. They're looking like a Utah defense again. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're getting pressure on the quarterback. And not it's not necessarily just in the blitz packages. The, the four guys, the four linemen are getting pressure, and keeping contained for the most part. And it, it seems like they're doing more stunting than I, re- I remember from a Utah defense. I mean, it was all night long, outside guys jetting inside, middle guys coming around, and that kept working all night long against that Arizona O-line. And, and, and they talked about it after the game. It was designed in a way to still keep him in the pocket, which... Can't say they did a great job of that. He did plenty of escaping. But that's going to happen. I mean, that guy is quick. That's that's who, that's who I hope Nate Johnson looks like in the pocket in the future for the Utes, is somebody who's nearly impossible to bring down. Well, we saw his speed. We we don't know from... Yeah, I don't know his, his side quickness, to side, and, side to side, and his escapability, but... Uh, ooh, that was that was fun to see Johnson in there. Big, he's bigger than I thought he was for a true freshman. I think he's he's faster than I thought he was, and I think I made the comment. He just runs; it looks so like graceful, like a deer, like a deer, like a gazelle. <laughs> yeah, Cam turns around during the game. He runs like a deer. <laughs> he does. It was just so like smooth and effortless. No, you don't agree. No. I don't know that I'd go with the deer comparison, <laughs> but but he was fast. He looked the part, man. Hey, if we don't get a beehive on the helmet, maybe we can do some antlers. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Do not give Ute equipment any ideas. They may just do it. What I liked though during the the post game press conference with Whittingham, though, he he made a comment that you know we didn't see what Nate Johnson can do in the throw game, but he said the dude can throw the ball, which is promising for the future. Well, I mean, he was an Elite 11 quarterback coming out of high school, which are basically the elite of the elite of that quarterback class. And uh, so that's promising. It's not like Utah has been littered with Elite 11 quarterbacks over the years. Um, and obviously his running is a part of it. And it seems like really every quarterback nowadays is kind of, Needs to be a dual threat. That's just the way things are trending and going. And you see that littered all over the Pac-12. Um, but you don't become an Elite 11 if you're just a great runner. You've still got to, you still, you know, we saw that up at Oregon last year. doesn't always work. You got you to gotta be able to throw the ball. So I'm, that's what I'm excited to see is where's his progression to the point? I mean, we talked about it last week, right? Does Utah bring in a transfer? to bring some competition to the to the job next year assuming rising's not back. I don't know. 
it'll be interesting. Maybe, maybe this coaching staff has more confidence in in Johnson than we think. What do you do with Johnson the rest of the year? I know he can play in three more games, but there's the potential of four to five more games on the schedule. I just don't burn his red shirt. Do not burn the red shirt. I know Winningham was asked about that in his Monday presser. He kind of, you know, said that they they look at that stuff and then they're not a definite hundred percent. He's he's going to red shirt, but I'm telling you, he needs to red shirt. My opinion in today's college football, while the transfer portal is so big, I don't think red shirt is as big of a deal as it used to be. I don't think really the only position I think you should redshirt is quarterback. I would hate to lose his because he's coming in for a handful of plays at most a game. So you're telling me you want to lose his redshirt year over like three plays? No, I don't yeah. think so. If it was me, I'd play him a few plays again this coming week against Stanford. I don't play him on the road at Oregon. Oh, I think we're going to need him in I, Oregon. I, I say I'd you go don't pl- play Stanford and I'd you go play complete opposite. I, I'm with Scott on we this. We don't need him and that against makes me Stanford. Sick. I could be thrown in there for Wildcat and probably gain some yardage against Stanford. Uh. <laughs> That's how bad Stanford is. <laughs> it has nothing to do with my ability. Everything to do with their ability. <laughs> I don't. I don't think you're going to need him against Stanford. No, I don't think you need him. But I'm saying if you're if you're a if your objective is to redshirt right redshirt him, you can't play him in all the no, remaining games. I know. You so you got to pick and choose. And I'm not going to waste a game on Stanford. Yeah, but but you have to also say I can see how we may need him at Oregon, but a true freshman. On the road in that environment with that much on the line, that's a lot to put it, on a kid like that. How legends are made, my friend. <laughs> Cam Cam finally brought something to the podcast, guys. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> you know, I, I think the reason. No, but honestly, that's okay. a good point, Cam. I mean, like, let's see what he's got. Well, I'm not saying you throw him out into the wolves against Oregon and you want him to throw 12 to 15 times, but at least that wildcat. I would rather have that for Oregon than Stanford. And just kind of picking back what you're saying, Scott, is just the defense against Stanford just isn't there. But also when you're playing against a team like Oregon, yet I know there's probably some packages where he can throw the ball, but teams now know when he's in the game, probably what's coming. Right. And that's why that option of, most of the time, it's probably going to be run, pick up the first down, right? But if there is that element to throw, I mean, he's going to be schooled pretty well. Look, if it's not, if the read is not there to throw, run it. Don't don't make a mistake. And granted, yeah, you would hate for a critical mistake by a true freshman in that situation, you know, to cost you the game. But I think if you want to go up to Oregon and win in Autzen, Considering how many injuries we have right now, it's going to take a heck of a game. And I think you're going to need every tool at your disposal to do so. And whether it's a little trick play with him or or whatever, or him just picking up those yards because you have no running backs that can are healthy enough to do it, I think you got to do whatever, whatever it takes. Okay, then by that theory, you're not playing him <clears throat> this week. You play him at Oregon. You don't play him at Colorado. Then he's available for the Pac-12 championship game and the Rose Bowl. Yeah, or but he, let's say you you say he plays at Oregon, you still lose the game. There's no Pac-12 title to go to. You still have him for a bowl game, and he still has that yeah, red shirt year. Yeah. I, I was just thinking about this when you look at Jackson, who kind of did that last year, right? They brought Jackson in on some packages. Um, he never threw the ball. I don't know if he's. I mean, we're talking about him, you know, having some throwing plays and whatnot. I don't know if that's an automatic. Oh, yeah. he he could literally the rest of the season when he gets in just to run the ball. But to that point, to that point, when Jackson got the opportunity last year, he had some fumble issues, and I don't know that there was a ton of confidence from the coaching staff to say, "Hey, let's let the guy throw." Yeah, that's about now. Point. Yeah, do we know that about about Nate Johnson? Yeah, we don't. 
but I would anticipate if they think he's the future and if he's producing in practice on those types of plays, I wouldn't be surprised if we see something. But even even if he's just going to run, dude, his speed is a weapon. You don't have that speed yeah. on offense outside of Dixon. Get as much speed on the on the field as you can, especially against a team like Oregon. Uh, looking back at this defense uh, against this Arizona team, uh, the defense, you know, Ryan, you mentioned it, getting that pressure on Delara. They had three sacks. Uh, there was news on the Monday presser that Van Villinger's out for the rest of the season. That's too bad. That sucks. Leading I, I'm, sacker I'm, on oh, the team. I, I don't like it. However, I think if there's one position that maybe could have an injury like this, the DNs, I, I think, can handle it. Well, you still got four guys who have been getting serious reps. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I think you have some good depth there. Now, I'm not saying that it's a good injury. I'm not saying by any means, uh, but there is good depth at that DN position. Yeah, there's there's nobody that's le- that's available to play that has little to no experience. They've all played a ton this year. So in that regard, it, it's good, but it's too bad that he – because, I mean, he's – He's a great player. Well, and as Kyle said, not only does he lead the team in sacks, but he's great against the run. Mm-hmm. And that's probably been this defense's biggest weakness is defending the run. And against a team like Oregon, that's where you're going to need to be able to defend the run on, run on the road. So, yeah, it's it's too bad. Because um, I, I feel like, I mean, he, he didn't start off the year great, but I felt like he was kind of coming on and starting to, put more numbers out there, be a little bit more consistent. So it's unfortunate for him. But hopefully, all we know is it's a lower leg injury. But what that means, I don't know. Hopefully, it's uh, nothing serious and, uh, you know, that impacts his future. But injury bug is biting the youths right now. I mean, rising clearly was not 100% in that game. Um, running back position is absolutely decimated. I don't even know right who now. was going to be running backs for Utah. I didn't yeah. listen to the presser today. Did it, did Chiquindon come up at all? No. Well, Kyle didn't allude to anything, but essentially said, we will have running backs. <laughs> no, it's not ending. overly optimistic. Well, and here's the crazy me. thing. So when Glover got the ball down, you know, near the end, near the end zone and he came out and Jackson was coming in, and I remember I was like, no, just keep Ryan Glover. Like, just, just let him finish out the series. And it was that very next play that Jackson gets injured, fumbles it. And I was like, yeah, that's why you, I'm like, I, I didn't want that sub to happen right there. I wanted you to keep running with Glover. And Glover never came back in the game. And it turned out he had a lower, like, lower body injury. Or yeah, well, he, phrase he, it. he limped off the field earlier in the game and he, if I'm not mistaken, in the last couple of games, he's at some point mm-hmm. limped off the field. Yeah. So you have Jackson leave the game, Glover leave the game. Bernard's been off and on healthy. Jumping on the Tevion train. It's back, oh, baby. Dear. It is pulled out of the station. You, you mean special teams ace, Tevion Thomas? Hey, that was a great tackle. That's the most effort we've seen out of that guy <laughs> in a year and a half. I mean... Obviously, we we've seen what he can do in the past, but right now he is not in shape to carry the ball no, you, twenty times a game. No. You, you can tell he's struggling, and in in he that could barely department. get off the field a couple of times when he got subbed out. He's uh, he's been having a little too many cupcakes, but I, I did like how Kyle basically said, "You got to earn your way back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go play special teams." And to Tavion's credit, he did it, and he did it. Seemingly with a pretty good attitude. He looked like he was fired up to be out there. He was doing his best to make plays. And when the injuries happened to running back, he came in. I don't think he would have played running back if those injuries hadn't happened. But he honestly did a good job. Had some nice runs. Well, he he ended up with uh, eight carries, 38 yards, 4.8 per, you know, average. So, yeah. I mean, he was good. He wasn't great. Um... But he can't carry the load. Not at this point. No, not at this point. And yeah. and my concern is Bernard's clearly not healthy. But I 
I've never been sold on the fact as Bernard is a guy that can run between the tackles. He just never does anything. He's great in space. He's great out of the backfield. If if JJ and Glover can't go, that's a blow. That's big. Tavion and Charlie big. Vincent are your running backs. Yikes. Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, no, Ricky Parks. Ricky Parks is going to make his debut. If if Ricky Parks has not been given an opportunity yet, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, if you can't get on the field at running back with all these injuries, as a what? I believe he was a four-star recruit. Yikes. It's interesting. It's interesting that Charlie Vincent came in at the end of the game and got those reps. Uh, But we're up against a break. When we come back, we'll continue to talk about a little Utah and Arizona. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, took a little break. Ryan brings up there's a Powerball going on right now. Boom, I'm driving to Evanston as soon as we're done recording. I had no idea. No idea. It's up to $1.9 billion. Let's go, baby. My 1 in 300 million chance to this, win this thing. Guys, crazy. this is how Utah's NIL <laughs> program gets funded. <laughs> Off Powerball. We got to win it. We gotta go. We gotta find a way. How many tickets can we buy? We could forever change the trajectory of Utah athletics by winning this thing. Okay, I'm just gonna throw this out there. If you win, what do you do? What do you do with that money? I start doing obscene things with that money. <laughs> obscene, obscene, such as I would be donating so much cash to Utah athletics. Spence Eccles and and R- Mr. Rice. His eyebrows would fall out. Th- their names would not be anywhere near Utah campus. <laughs> I'd wipe them off the fl- off the face of the earth. I'd be donating so much money. Mark Harlan would be like, "Thank you for your time, Mr. Eccles. You will no longer be needed." <laughs> Do you have a street named after you? I'd have streets. I dome in Rice Eccles. <laughs> The first 100,000-seat stadium in the Western United States. And and most importantly, right, we need to grow the fan base because if you're going to have 100,000 seats, you need a lot of fans, right? I would, I would, I would buy Elder Bednart. <laughs> and I would, I would convince him to shut down BYU Athletics. <laughs> Much to the dismay of Utah County and to Ryan Smith, <laughs> but we take over. You think you think Phil Knight has power in Oregon? We take it to another level here. <laughs> they start calling you Uncle Scott. Uncle Scott. <laughs> I can't beat that. All your ideas out there. Yeah, none of my ideas had anything to do with Utah <laughs> athletics. <laughs> it was all personal. Oh yeah, I, <laughs> I like selfish. This. You would have so much money 
You could still do all your personal items. That's true. With that, that's with, so much. With money. a take home, if you took the lump sum as it sits right now, you'd still make almost a billion dollars. I would want the field night treatment where I had a headset to Kyle Winningham in the stadium and I get to call three plays. What are those three plays? <laughs> I'd have to ask Andy Ludwig. <laughs> <laughs> Probably an end around. I don't know. Flea flicker. You know, here's what I, I would take. You know that up in the up in the suite area where they've got the in the center section. You've got the suites off to the side, but then you've got that open air. Oh, like outdoor seating. Outdoor yeah, seating yeah, yeah. with. Uh, I would just think make that my suite. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I would move the cauldron <laughs> inside the stadium. Would there be a chant to light it? Wait, is there? Nope. Is there? A, are you bringing the cannon with it? Oh, I would. I would line both end zones with cannons, <laughs> side to side, all the way there's, from end zone to end zone. Twenty cannons in the stadium, <laughs> and they'd boom. They all would go off on every touchdown. We would make an event. I'd be like, I mean, Bill, Bill Riley'd be like, you couldn't even hear him. With those cannons going off. Welcome to the wigwam. <laughs> oh, I'd rename the stadium. I don't know that I'd call it the wigwam, but we'd find a good name for it. You, you got to put new lights on. These old school lights got to go. And and even though I have all this money, I'd remain humble. <laughs> Sounds like it. I wouldn't put my name everywhere. You just, just said you would. Just, just in certain spots. Just in certain sp- Just certain streets, Cam. <laughs> Okay, can I just say, uh, I was watching the USC game. They have the lights that can turn off and on and flicker and stuff for uh And yet, touchdowns. we don't. <laughs> and they're like 1910 stadium. See, I'm not a big fan of those. Oh, my gosh. Scott, you are like the no fun person, aren't you? Oh. I don't like. Oh, sorry, Mr. I, Beehive. <laughs> I don't like different uniforms. I oh. only want to see. Cam? Red and white. Thanks. I just. How dare you all wear black? I just turned the page, and now I'm to my other notes on <laughs> on what I would do with uniforms. Great, Cam. Look what you've done. <laughs> so, with all this money, I would. I mean, I would basically become Utah's daddy. <laughs> and wait, where did the humbleness go? <laughs> well, there's moments when you have to be humble, and there's moments where you have to take charge. If we're going to take Utah Athletics to the next next step, you've got to have a bit of an ego. In moments. Mark Harlan, I'm your captain now. <laughs> you answer to me. I tell you what you can and can't do. And I fire you, the Ute equipment dude on Twitter. He's gone. He's gone. I'll, I'll find you another job. You worst. gave me a great idea. I buy out the contract with Under Armour. I have my own sports apparel with Utah. What? What? With what the, the beehive, beehive company? You know, the beehives all around. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I'm not sharing any of my money with Cameron just so that does not happen. <laughs> I will not fund your beehive project, Scott. If you hated the uniforms, I am not before, an investor in your <laughs> beehive project. If you hated the uniforms before, just wait. We would wear red and white every game. We, w- I would hire a brand manager to come in and give Utah a brand, a consistent look. It could not be topped. Red and gray. With the beehive. Oh, my gosh. Market. We would become Alabama of the West. I wouldn't let Winningham retire. I would... I would I wouldn't let him retire. I would, will not retire. I would fund he's, research. He's like, he's like Joe Paterno. Where he's just like... <laughs> Where is this fountain of youth? I will fund research for... He just, he's like Walt Disney. You just freeze him under the stadium. <laughs> you thaw him out for games. What, I would fund research that would reverse aging for Kyle. Keep him here, here long term. So he could enjoy the fruits of all my labor. <laughs> oh, gosh. We'd, free, 
freeze him in carbonite <laughs> during the week and then break him out on game day. <laughs> Run out there, Kyle. Cam's got three calls for you. <laughs> First and goal at the five, and we're running triple reverses in the backfield. He's frozen in carbonite. <laughs> For nine months of the year, and then you wake him up for football season. We don't, yeah, we wouldn't even need him recruiting out there because our, Scott's got the money to bring everybody to town. Our money, our money would take over. You fans, if you are in favor of these ideas, please join my NIL fund at. <laughs> All right, let's get back in this Utah Arizona game. Uh, Scott, you mentioned Cam didn't Cam Rising didn't have his best game, uh, thirteen and twenty five, but really was not very sharp. I think a he lot of all balls of his receivers were ahead. ten feet tall. <laughs> he sold a lot of balls, and I don't know. Do you think that has anything to do with his knee injury? I would also fund a performance <laughs> enhancing drug to fix that throw. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, he probably, was he favoring that knee? He just looked kind of out of sorts all night. He had he had a few really good throws, but he kind of never really got into a rhythm where he was consistently making some good throws. He, he just didn't look himself. The weather didn't really allow him to make a lot of throws anyway, but even early in the game when it wasn't raining, his throws were off. Now, high. Everything everything was high, which is a complete opposite of that Florida game when he was wearing that Velcro <laughs> glove and couldn't get the ball out of his <laughs> because of, of the humidity. <laughs> humidity. Not his best game, but uh, I guess I'd probably still take I'd I'd take him out there with one leg over Barnes. Way more capabilities than Barnes does. This this Stanford game is kind of like a foregone conclusion, right? At least let's hope so. But hopefully it's over by halftime and can Cam get healthy enough for Oregon? Because that's really that's really the only thing that matters. At yeah. This point, the, and you that need 100 percent Cam in that game. Right. I mean, he didn't even did he even run? No, he, 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 took, he took off a couple, a couple of times. times, but he ended up throwing before the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Which and, is probably and there's, good. There's no design runs for him that I can remember, which is good. Which you is know. probably why they utilize Nate Johnson. Yep. No, it. I don't know. I obviously we don't know what the injury is. Obviously, it's not an ACL. At least we don't think. Whittingham said after the game though that they he he knew that he wasn't a hundred percent, but hoped to, that he would be a hundred percent by this Saturday. So I think whatever it is, it's obviously healing, but just taking a little, little bit of time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but even his his quickness from side to side, he just didn't look himself in the pocket. Um and in kind of maneuvering around defenders and man I don't know it uh, it'll be interesting and again against Stanford probably not going to be a big deal but uh, just got to keep him healthy for the next week let's hit that knee can't have a setback at this point you got to make sure that he can go uh when, you know one area we haven't talked about uh, in this game offensive line I thought played phenomenal. Yes. Utah comes away with 306 rushing yards. Only second time since we've joined the Pac-12 that that's happened. The other time was one guy getting over 300 <laughs> yards. This was six guys yeah. combining. But I, I think that's kind of like the defense, right? That's kind of been a, a problem or an issue, though. You know, we've talked about on the show with with this offensive line is is rush blocking. And hopefully this is a step in the right direction. Because I don't think this team has played a full game. No, and and I don't think we've seen Utah this Utah team play to the best that they can. I mean, we saw it. We saw it clear as day in that third quarter. I mean, Utah left eighteen points out on the on the field in that third quarter. Drive down, you're out the one yard line. You fumble. Next time, um, you're driving down again, and has been fumbled. Friendly fire and causes another fumble. Right, and it happened a third time, and obviously one of the times you settle for for a field goal. Um, but I mean, for, hey, at least they made the field goal. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah, we'll oh we'll get to special teams, but 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's just we dominated the game and yet still left so much out there. Yeah, and I think that's kind of where I'm coming away from this is last year at this point in time, Utah was humming along, right? And I just feel like right now in this season, seven and two, five and one in conference, they still have a lot to play for. It just doesn't feel like they've hit. I think the difference is they're like they stride were healthy last year. That's it. This year, there's so many different guys playing because they there's so many injuries. I mean, we we talked about it last year at this time. You have Keithy, you have Kincaid, you have Covey, you have a. Uh, a healthy and all American Tavian Thomas, mm-hmm. right? Rising was playing at a higher level, I think, last year than he is currently. I mean, outside of that USC game, but there's just there's not weapons there. Everybody seems to be dinged up on this offense right now. You know, obviously wide receivers. You know, money, um, money Parks is looking good. Vele's, you know, he had a few drops in that game. Luckily, we've we've been able to stay pretty healthy at the the wide receiver position. But I mean, running back, tight ends, and then Cam Rising. I mean, it's it's actually it's pretty darn impressive what this offense is still doing with all of these injuries and what Ludwig is doing offensively, still putting out big numbers. Still, I mean, I was a week ago. I talked about how nervous I was about this Arizona game. If our defense didn't show up, if Cam's not healthy, could we score points? Just absolutely ran it down their throats. Without those kind of mistakes in the third quarter, it really should have been 66 to 10. Yeah. And they should not have scored more than 10. Thank you, Gilmore. And if I win the lottery, Gilmore's off the team. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to take another break. We come back, Scott. We'll give you some time to go over some special teams. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Special teams, as we talked about last week, cannot help themselves. (laughs) You did call a a special teams blunder. There would be a blunder. Before we get to the blunder, though, you know, it's bad when the stadium announcer has to rile up the crowd when he finally kicks it out of the van back oh, of the end zone. I love how the whole stadium <laughs> The whole cheer. stadium. It was like almost a standing ovation. <laughs> I, I leaned to you and I was like, that's got to just piss these kickers Ready off. <laughs> under, under his breath. <laughs> no, but I mean, special teams, they made all their kicks. Punting was pretty good. Kickoff kickoff coverage was pretty good. We just can't help ourselves. The number twos get in the game and it all goes to crap. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I mean, has there been a worse? I mean, you fumble it into the end zone and then fall on it in the end zone. I, just, I don't even get why you're trying to field it at the five. Yeah, and well, that first off. Yeah, he should. He shouldn't have been doing it. Yeah. The ironic thing is, earlier in the year, he was the guy who blew the shutout. Was it against Southern Utah? Southern Utah, I believe. Yep. He. Uh, he's not had a lot of success here at Utah so far, and uh, who knows what his future holds? But. Uh, 
I mean, poor guy. I mean, that's got to be, that's got to feel absolutely oh, awful. You yeah. know, it's like, okay, I got, I'm getting my chance. Boom. And you're done. And maybe that was it. Like he, he did try to make a play because he wanted to prove himself. Yeah. And, and you feel for the kid. I mean, it, in the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. No, you still won the game. You still won it by 25 points, but it would have looked a lot better 45 to 10. Maybe we don't drop in the AP. <laughs> If it's 45 to 10. Why <clears throat> on AP voters? <laughs> Once again, special team rears its head. If I win the lottery, Shaw will not <laughs> be special know. teams coordinator. I knew you were going <laughs> will you appoint yourself? <gasps> I think I could do better. <laughs> That's what I I'm gonna so do. want to see this. That's what I'm going to do with my headset up in my suite is I will call special teams place. Place. You don't even know what the place are. <laughs> I will buy a kicker that has a leg. <laughs> that. Oh, yeah. NIL. That'll be high on the priority list is quarterback, wide receivers, kickers with legs. Is nobody willing to drive down to UVU and check out their <laughs> soccer team? I take a former shot. <laughs> At this point, we've we've tapped out the former skier, the former soccer player. Like Shaw, go to bowling alleys. Does like, King Louie have any? <laughs> go f- go. I go mean, to go to golf courses. Find somebody who's doing some other sport that's got a leg. I'd say, if going back to nil money, I would fund my own kicking camp. I'd say I would replace the Aussies. Be like, you're in my world now. <laughs> the Scotties. I am your captain. <laughs> Kick Camp Scott. Elite 11 has, you know, they do it for quarterbacks. Elite 2. <laughs> two best kickers. And I would funnel them both to Utah every year. One punter and one kicker. Let's go. I'm telling you, you should be rooting for me to win this money. Utah Athletics will will rule the state. You first need to go buy a ticket. That's what I'm doing as soon as this podcast is over. All right, I'll do our thoughts for Arizona. Before we jump into the Stanford Tree game uh, with the Utes, a little rumor I guess popped up again, uh, courtesy of Dan Patrick of the Pac-12 going after San Diego State. Not overly new news, but uh, but he said it was breaking this week, and literally everybody else is saying the opposite. So let's see, let's see who wins this. I don't know if I like it. I'm being honest. I think I think the only way it happens is if they bring enough to the table to make the TV deal more desirable because there's no way we're adding them to now divide it by 11 for a, you know, big 12 level money. Right. Mm -hmm. If we could get that on our own without having to add them. So either, either they, cause I mean, they don't demand TV sets like UCLA and USC does. Yes, they're in that market, but does getting just having that market, regardless of who's really turning in, does it matter? I don't know. Uh, it, I mean, it will be interesting to kind of see how things play out. There's still that what a board of regents meeting. Is that the right term for it? On the 17th, or there will be discussing UCLA's future. Yes. And they could say, UCLA, you are not going anywhere. I would divert some of my funds to allow George the flexibility to keep USC and UCLA in the conference. With the understanding that they need to bow down to Utah. (laughs) And and they're not full members. And they're not full members. We'll pay them, but they just don't get to spend the money. We'll give them the money. They just can't spend it. And all officiating will go in Utah's favor 
for eternity. Well, the giving UCLA the money and not spending it might actually help their debt. <laughs> right? Save some money, UCLA. <laughs> well, I think that's our whole argument is that they'll lose money by going to the Pac or going to the oh, Big and Ten. I would I would I would fund a training program for Pac twelve referees. I like that thought. All right, so Utah welcomes the Stanford Trees into Rice Uncle Stadium this week. Another night game for the Utes. That brings us to our next point. How does David Shaw still have a job? Is there a program that has fallen more over the last decade than Stanford in this conference? It's been bad. I mean, It's been weird to watch them. Yeah, I mean, when Utah joined, they were kind of it. They were consistently in the top 10. I mean, that, that was coming off the Harbaugh years, but Shaw still kept it going. And now it's just like, do they, they, why field a team? They have no fan interest. They're an awful football team. Yeah, I don't know. And yet they still recruit at a high level. And because of academics. Oh, for sure. That's really what it comes down to for the recruiting base. But like you, I mean, those teams when Utah was first in the conference, what was Stanford? They were known for being physical, for their power power run game, for a stout defense. All that is gone, and like they don't even have an identity. Remember when we beat them? I don't, probably, I don't know if it's the very first time we beat them, but we beat them at Rice Eccles last. It was a last minute. No, they were number five in the country. Yeah, and Trevor Riley either picked it off or knocked a pass it was, down. It was fourth or, down, and he's, he he blitzed, forced an early throw, and incomplete. And ever since then, they haven't done so hot. And Utah's taken their place. Oh. So Stanford's coming in three and six on the year, and one and six in conference. <clears throat> Yet they have an NFL caliber quarterback. Do they really? I don't. Uh, I I watched that game against Washington State. I mean, his, I don't his know. stats are good, but eleven touchdowns with seven picks. The ratio is not bad, but he doesn't have he doesn't have the weapons. Well, and it just to, doesn't lead to anything. No. Like he, he 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 throws for yards, right? His stats his stats are good in that regard. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because it it never leads to anything. And, I mean, there's projections that, yeah, he could be an early draft pick. I mean, I don't see it. I'm no I'm no evaluator of talent, nor have I really broken him down by any means and watched a lot of his games. But I just don't see how, I mean, there's no buzz on him. There's no buzz on that program. I mean, hey, Zach Wilson got drafted number two, so anything is possible. But, no, I... Uh, I, especially with how well our secondary is playing, I mean, this should be this should probably be a thirty point victory for Utah. It should, but I'm gonna just for the sake of argument, though, with what's the game that's followed the following week? Is this a trap game? And see, I have been thinking about that, and I think maybe if it was on the road, I'd be a little bit more concerned with it being a trap game. But with it being from home, I just I don't I don't see it. Remember how it was thirty five nothing at halftime last year? At Stanford. I do. Pledger going 90 some odd yards. 98 to be exact. Now, I mean, funky things typically happen in the Pac-12. Really haven't, it has not happened this year. And I just don't see it. Utah's too good. Stanford's too bad. At home, it's not going to be a game. I don't see it either. Although they did beat Notre Dame. Yeah, but Notre Dame's great one game, awful the next. Yeah. I the thing that's weird for Stanford, so Utah per game is averaging almost a hundred yards more than them on offense. And on the flip side on defense, Stanford is giving up almost a hundred more yards than Utah does on defense. Like this is just a bad uh, they're they're a bad team. Yeah. They're you know, and there's a lot of reason, you know, they don't accept transfers that's killing them in this new era of you know, the transfer portal and, and whatnot. But they still recruit at a high level. They still have a lot of good athletes, but they, they just don't show anything. They don't show, I mean, it's not as if, you look at Arizona and you go, okay, 
yes, they don't have a great record, but you can see progress there from a few years ago. They're getting better. They're they're right there in games, right? Give give Arizona another year or two, and maybe they are competing for a conference championship. You don't see that with Stanford. You don't look at them and go, ah, maybe they're about ready to turn a corner. No, they are. They're just. They're just there. I mean, that's the only explanation I have for Stanford. Is they're just. They're just there. If Utah shows up with the right mindset, it's a blowout. And it's great to have some of these easier games late in the season. Oh, for sure. Remember when November was awful? But thanks to our friend uh, from South America, we helped reverse the curse. Fernando. Fernando. Thanks again for that, Fernando. Glad we could overcome that November curse. But yeah, it. Uh, we'll have him on retainer with our lottery money. Oh yeah, yeah. He he will be the official. You know, Pac-12 has sponsors for everything. He'll be the official Pac-12 witch doctor. Witch doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Even bring him on some, you know, some telecasts. Let everybody see the magic he has. Let him and Petros call a game. <laughs> I say, take it out. I be gone. Well, uh, Kyle kept that inside of his skin there, Fernando. All right, let's get into our picks for this game. Uh, currently, Utah's a 24-point favorite over the trees. Scott, what's your score and who do you got? Yeah, I think I think the Utes cover. I think they win big. I'm going to go Utes 49, Stanford 17. And there will be another special teams blunder, but not by Gilmart. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, where are you going on this? I think the Utes cover by halftime, and these guys get some much-needed rest going into the next week's game. I think they win 52-10. to 10. I like the way you guys are thinking about this. I think this. I don't think this is close at all. I mean, Washington State just destroyed Stanford uh, last week. I think Utah does that to them as well. I got Utah fifty-five, Stanford seven. Ooh, beat wow. down, beat down Holds them to seven. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather, Drum the letter N Feather. You can find me at Uteman underscore forever and hopefully a new owner and a new funder for Utah INIL soon. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Utah Man Podcast. And you can listen to us at our home at UtahManPodcast.com. And anywhere you listen to a podcast, we are there. And hopefully Utah gets the beat down over the trees and go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes will be till I die. Kayai. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.